guys. Welcome back to the Chasing Truth podcast. I'm Presley. And I'm Grace. And we are glad you're back. Today, we have a very special interview. We are joined with our local pastor, Pat Abendroth. Pat, thank you so much for joining us. It is a privilege, ladies, or can we say privilege these days? I'm not sure. It is a pleasure (laughs) to be with you. uh, And I'm so thankful you've invited me. So thank you so much, Grace and Presley. Well, of course. So if you just want to start by telling our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, I'm married to Molly. So that's the best part of my life. (laughs) We've been married for 30 years this July 20th. I don't remember very many dates, but I remember my anniversary. (laughs) So that's the good part. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet, but um, I love my wife very much and I'm thankful for her. And we have five children. And so we're busy around our house. Three are out of the home and two are still home. We have a great time. I like to say that I'm super serious about God and about the gospel and things like that, but we try not to take ourselves very, very seriously. So (laughs) I love Omaha. I've been at Omaha Bible Church for, oh, I've I've maybe lost track of that. I think it's going on 23 years. Wow. Wow. um, I know that I look like I'm 23, but it's like, <laughs> I was not. just going to say we're late to the party. We haven't been there. That yeah, long. <laughs> but we're so blessed, very blessed to be a part of it. It's been fun. It's been ha- fun yeah. having you. Thanks. Thank you. I love the fact that there's a lot of hungry people that want to be taught the Bible, that want to hear about the greatness of Christ. And so I'm not afraid. I'm actually afraid to not give them what they want. So <laughs> it's a real joy. Absolutely love it. Having, a, having the time of my life, quite honestly. <laughs> good, good. And yeah. you have a podcast now. Yes. We do have a podcast. It's called The Pactum. And The Pactum, it means covenant. It's Latin for covenant. And in theology, when we say The Pactum, we, we usually mean the, the covenant of redemption, which mm-hmm. is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, uh, covenanted to redeem lost sinners like us. And so I like that because it's kind of, ominous sounding, the pactum is Latin, but also it it includes everything because everything that God has done in this world has to do with uh, his ultimate purpose in Christ. So we can talk Mm -hmm. about anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for those of you listening, check out their podcast right after that. I have been blown away really by all every episode Mm -hmm. i'm like wow i did not know that i had never thought about this that way before Mm -hmm. so um highly highly recommend it yeah i'll link it in the i'll link it in the show notes thanks for the plug i appreciate that very much (laughs) i will demo you the money we talked about (laughs) oh my gosh um all right so last week we started a series on doctrine and we talked about the doctrines of condemnation and justification and we just briefly touched on justification because that is your jam and it's your favorite doctrine to talk about (laughs) so that's what we're talking about today um, I love nobody's ever said it's my, my jam. So I think that's kind of good. Well, I think it's fair to say. Okay. good. good. <laughs> so could you just define what justification is? Sure. Uh, the Bible says that we're justified and what it means by by that is that we are declared righteous. So it's legal terminology. It's forensic. So mm-hmm. if we're declared righteous, God, the judge uh, declares us obedient to his law. Righteous means obedient to law. And so it's very, it is very formal. So it sounds formal, but it's not hard to understand if you just think about it. Uh, God is the judge of all the earth. 
and he declares us obedient, even though we're not, because we're sinners, mm -hmm. uh, based upon the obedience of his son. So, mm -hmm. so wonderfully, Romans 5 says, uh, therefore, having been justified, declared righteous, declared obedient, even though we're not, by faith, we have peace with God. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. the simplest way I can define it. Uh, is that helpful? Yeah, it is. Uh, do you want to maybe get into just how God declares us righteous? We're jumping in the deep end of the pool right away. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. A brief ready, overview. Ready, okay. <laughs> this is good. This is good. So how he does this, uh, well, like I said, in Romans 5.1, that's a great place for people to to go um, if you need to, need a, a home base verse, if you will. Uh, that's a good one to go to. Uh, God declares us righteous, even though we're not, as I said, because Christ is righteous. First uh, John says, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so if we think in terms of Jesus always did what was right, uh, Jesus always lived to please his father. Um, he himself said he wanted to do what he did to fulfill all righteousness. So he's the obedient one. We're the disobedient ones. And since God sent him for us, um, God can declare us righteous, even though we're not, because Jesus is, and Jesus is our great substitute. He came for us to do a work for us. Mm -hmm. So I can keep going on and on and on, but I might <laughs> for, for breath. Um, he, he can do this because Jesus loved him, loved us and gave himself for us, mm -hmm. if that is helpful. Yeah. This just brings to mind one of my favorite sermons I think that you've ever preached while I've been there was on Christmas or right before when you talked about how the gospel is not an afterthought. You know, we don't mm -hmm. celebrate Christ Christmas as an afterthought of or a after result of our sin, that God is all knowing that he knew we would sin and that before he even created us, he and the son, Jesus, were in agreement that they would save us, that they would come um, for the ransom of many. So um, that just reminded me of that. Yeah. God's amazing purposes. It takes us back mm -hmm. to the pact in Ephesians <laughs> 1, you know, before yeah. the foundation of the world, uh, this was purposed that, that this would happen. Mm -hmm. So maybe it might help uh, your listeners as well to think in terms of justification as being legal. Uh, it's declarative, it's forensic, uh, it's a pronouncement. It's different from God uh, changing our lives. Uh, mm -hmm. The category we usually use for that in theology is sanctification, where he cleanses us, where he transforms our lives, he changes our lives, which he definitely does. Mm -hmm. But that's different. That's one of the benefits, a great benefit of salvation. But when we're united to Christ by faith, uh, it's not transformative justification isn't. Um, in Protestantism uh, and in the Bible, uh, it's forensic, it's legal, it's positional. That might be helpful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So gotcha. that, that's why it can be said that we're justified at the beginning of our Christian experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's unique in Reformed theology, Protestantism, uh, different from some other branches within um, Christianity at large, if you will. So you can have assurance at the beginning of your Christian experience because you believe in Jesus. And when you believe in Jesus, you are declared righteous, even though you're just starting. Uh, <laughs> yes. So we might get into that more later, but I really, I really want people to understand what we're talking about. 
Yeah. Yes, exactly. And something that I think really helps me is just remembering it as something that happens at a specific point in time. We are justified at a specific point, whereas sanctification is a lifelong process. Gradual. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so glad you make that distinction. Yeah. Like I actually, the fine that you are. <laughs> I actually had a Mormon missionary talk to me the other day and they were just asking about, you know, how long have you, have you, you know, been saved all your life? And I was like, well, in Christianity, you can't like by the grace of God, he opened my eyes and I was able to accept him and I'm able to grow in him. And he's like, oh yeah, I know. I know conversion is a continual lifelong thing. And I was like, well, Conversion isn't, <laughs> sanctification is, but once justified, always justified. That's why we can have assurance and preservation of the saints and all that. So I just thought it was interesting the way that they, co- the way that they said that just, oh, I know conversion is a gradual process, which might be more of a, yeah, might be more mm. of a Catholic thing. You know, in, in, it's in second Nephi that it says you've been <laughs> saved by grace through faith after all you can do. Mm-hmm about that I, I, I think someone hijacked ephesians 2 and doctored it up a little bit <laughs> yeah oh, that's golly. exhausting yeah it is it yeah. is i love mormons but i don't love mormonism yeah yep <laughs> so branching off of this do you want to talk about you know why is justification so important why is it necessary to us as sinners well, you hit, you hit the nail on the head, Grace. It's necessary to us as sinners. <laughs> so uh, also in 1 John, it says that sin is lawlessness in chapter 3. Mm. So I think that's really helpful to know. Sin is lawlessness. So we bro- broken God's law, what he requires. He requires that we love him and we love neighbor perfectly. And we haven't. So we violated that. And then in justification, uh, we believe in Jesus and he declares us law keepers. He declares us righteous. Mm -hmm. So that makes it really important because I, I, Pat, am a sinner. uh, Mm -hmm. And so I I need that, that to be solved, that problem to be solved. It's also really important because as Romans 5, 1 says, it brings us peace with God. And Mm -hmm. and I like to feel at peace, but that's not what it's talking about. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have peace with God. There's no longer uh, enemy mm-hmm. status, which Romans also talks about. Mm-hmm. And now that we have peace with God, I do feel at peace. Um, yeah. That comes after. So it's so right. important. It's why people like Martin Luther said that it's the doctrine upon which the church stands or falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been told by some German speaking people that it's more literal. It, it's it's the sign of a standing church or a falling church. I don't know if that's true or not, mm. but you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, John Calvin, uh, also in the Protestant Reformation, which is where they really had to fight to recover this uh, biblical doctrine, said something to the effect that it's the hinge, uh, the hinge upon which the door of the gospel opens. Mm. So I like that image mm. as well. Yes. Yeah. Based, based off of that, just a few of those quotes, do you think that it is possible for someone to um, get the gospel right, but also get justification wrong? Well, I'm not a politician, uh, but if I can just nuance the answer, um, <laughs> can we get justification wrong, but get the gospel right or, or something like that? Mm-hmm. I did not understand some of the things we're talking about today for a long time. And I think I was still a Christian. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I believed in Jesus. I knew I was a sinner. I knew he was a great savior. And if I believed in him, I would have my sins forgiven. And that he was raised from the dead, that he lived a perfect life, died a sinner's death, was raised from the dead. I believed all those things in a simple way. And I think I was a Christian. Uh, I don't think you have to understand the ins and outs and nuances of, of justification to be saved. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a different story altogether to reject, to, to understand it and deny them, um, to reject them outright. I think we shouldn't be ignorant of these things. Romans, Romans was written to new Christians, not old Christians. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would have learned sooner. But you see why I'm nuancing a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. No, yes. that's good. That's good to point out because I definitely didn't understand justification when I was first saved or saved for five years even. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So like in the book of Galatians, the issue in Galatians, as I understand it, is not that the Apostle Paul is confronting atheism. Um, He's actually dealing with people who believed in the supernatural. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many would believe they even the the people he's confronting, the Judaizers, or he's trying to Mm -hmm. warn against. They would have believed perhaps even in the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, A lot of things we would believe, but they believed you received his benefits um, by faith plus works. Hmm. So it was justification, but not entirely. Uh, it wasn't a true biblical justification because if it's a true biblical, he did the work for you and you receive it by faith and only by faith, that's justification as we're speaking. Mm -hmm. They were saying it's faith plus what you do. And the apostle Paul pronounces two anathemas, two condemnations in Galatians one, eight and nine. So for those people, I think if you get justification wrong, uh, you, you need to t- repent and believe in the real Jesus mm. who justifies freely according to his grace. So that's a little harsher, I think. What do you ladies yeah. think? No, I think I think that's really good how you did nuance it and say, you know, in one aspect, you could not fully understand the entire academic side of the doctrine and all the ins and outs of justification. But you can still be a believing Christian and have faith in Christ as your savior. But then to say, too, if you're completely ignorant of the doctrine and deny its significance whatsoever, then that is where the danger of the danger comes in of getting justification wrong. So I think that's, I think that's perfect how you said that. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, it, it maybe is helpful to think in terms of Galatians is dealing with people who have the doctrine wrong and it's they're, they're, they're corrupting the gospel. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Philippians, the apostle Paul talks about, I think it's in chapter three, people who preach the true gospel, but with questionable motives. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. says, I, I don't care. It's fine. Even if they have bad motives, at least Christ is being preached. Yeah. yeah. But he, t- he takes a very different tenor in Galatians where it's actually the wrong gospel. And maybe there they have good motives. How about that? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So coming off of this and coming off of, you know, a right understanding of justification and it's okay. Maybe if we don't understand the full academic um, measure to the word, but do you want to go into, you know, just what role humans play in justification? So as far as the role we play in justification, um, we, we don't really do anything. (laughs) (laughs) So what we, we receive it by faith. So that's why we would say uh, justification is by grace alone. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's nothing we do to earn. Uh, and some people think grace is a substance. It's something um, that you can go to church and get. And really, grace is nothing. Um, mm. And that sounds insulting to you, Grace. Um, I didn't really <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> really Grace, feeling humbled now. <laughs> receiving something you don't deserve. So in, in some uh, religious groups that call themselves Christians, you, you go to church to receive more grace. As if you, you have a cup and you receive grace and it's a, a substance. Uh, we don't mean that in the Bible. If the Bible says you've been saved by grace through faith, uh, it's you've been given a gift that you didn't deserve. Yeah. So when we when we talk about justification, we are justified by grace. So we don't earn it through faith. And so we receive it by faith. Uh, we try to be careful in how we speak of this. Thoughtful Christians before us have said we have the empty hand of faith. We could go even further to say God opens our empty hand, but uh, it's something we receive because Christ does all of the work. Maybe this helps a little bit, ladies. Salvation, most certainly, I would say, is by works because you can't be declared righteous apart from any righteousness. Mm -hmm. There needs to be righteousness. The question is, where does it come from? (laughs) And in Romans 3 and 4 and 5 and 8 and other places, uh, it comes from Christ, who is righteous, and we receive it by faith. So we're resting in him. We're trusting in him. He's done everything. And our role, we contribute sin, uh, but not (laughs) justification. Right. Uh, We we receive his work to us uh, or or for us. And it's really important that we think in those terms. Because when we say faith, we don't mean faithfulness. We mean Mm -hmm. faith. It's, it's something we receive, Hmm. but it's really something he's accomplished. He's, he's done all the work for us. Yes. I hope that's helpful. Yes. I love how you said that we, we are saved through works and it's Christ's works, because I think that really puts a significant point on God's requirements for justification, because a lot of people will, will, you know, just kind of put aside the covenant of works because we're in the covenant of grace now. And, and we can put aside God's law and it's not significant anymore because we have Christ. But when understanding justification, it's so important, um, as you were talking about, that we understand God's requirements to be justified. Yes, yes. And, and you're hitting the nail on the head. And, and Presley, if you want to talk about the, co- you said you mentioned the covenant of works. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Did, did I hear correctly? I'm so happy you said those words. <laughs> um, so, and and that becomes very controversial. And I think you can get these things right and not understand those categories. But one thing that is very interesting, people who understand the covenant of works and they reject it, oftentimes deny justification through faith mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we should do another episode on covenant theology yeah. sometime. But if we don't understand that God requires absolute perfection and apart from that, for, apart from that, there's condemnation, mm-hmm. which is what happened to the first Adam, according to Romans 5, mm-hmm. then we don't understand what Jesus had to do to bring not condemnation, but to bring justification. And he had to do the right things. He had to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, love his neighbor as himself to fulfill the law. It's really important. So I love it that you mentioned that, but it's a controversial topic. 
Yeah. And I just want to recap a little bit of what you said, where we provide the sin, but Christ, Christ provides the righteousness. Where does the righteousness come from? Come from? It comes from Christ. Um, I think a, another theological term that gets thrown around in a conversation on justification is the idea of imputed righteousness. Do you want to maybe explain for our listeners what that is, what that implies and what it means when talking about justification? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we were to look at Romans 4, 5, we would have that word uh, for imputation, uh, and it means counted or credited. So like in the ESV translation, uh, it says uh, our faith, if we believe in Jesus, is counted, is imputed, is credited to us as righteousness. So it's think accounting, uh, even if you're not if you're not a, a lover of accounting, um, or regardless, uh, it's it's accounted, it's credited. So our spiritual bank account, if you will, uh, was not only um, level, we're in the red. Uh, we, we actually have guilt. And so we're indebted. And what happens is Jesus does all of the right things and his obedience, his righteousness is counted to us. It's a, it's uh, it's imputed to us. It's, I have to use my hands to talk about it. It's credited into our bank account spiritually, uh, which is really good and really important. That also happens by faith. And therefore God can declare us righteous. He can justify us because there is real righteousness. There's real obedience. Uh, it's just not ours. It's his. Mm -hmm. So that whole verse says, and to the one who does not work, but believes in him or trusts in him who justifies, declares the righteous, the ungodly, his faith in the context, faith in Christ is counted as righteousness. Hmm. And so I love imputation. Uh, R.C. Sproul said he was wondering what we should call ourselves. If you say Christians, well, there's lots of people who say that. If you say evangelical, that means a lot of different things or it means nothing. And what do you say? And I think in part for fun, he said, maybe we should call ourselves, ourselves imputationists. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Great so, idea. Yeah. So it really is important. It, it is important also because sometimes people who believe in justification by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ alone, in historical battles, um, they slash we were accused of what's called legal fiction. Mm -hmm because we're not actually righteous, but God declares us righteous. Hmm. And so that was one of the main accusations by the Roman Catholic Church against Protestants, that we, we promote legal fiction. Hmm. And it's simply not true. And the reason it's not true is because of imputation. Mm -hmm. there, is, there is real righteousness. It's not legal fiction, but it's not ours. It's Christ yeah. credited to us. And so Interesting. I like the objection because it forces us to think yeah. it, it would be wrong for God to declare us righteous based upon nothing. I think he would be unjust, hmm. but it's based mm -hmm. upon something wonderful and that yeah. wonderful thing, Christ's righteousness. Anyway, I hope that's helpful. Yeah. Yes. That's a great way of explaining it. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was very helpful. Yeah. So kind of just to kind of just to tie it up. How should our understanding of justification through Christ's righteousness impact our view on the gospel? And then out of that impact, just our everyday lives. 
I like to say, well, a quick story about that before we get to everyday lives. Mm -hmm. One time when there was a controversy kind of brewing with some members of the church because they'd never heard this before, Christ's righteousness, he's the law keeper, Mm -hmm. salvation is by Christ's works. And because these were kind of shocking categories, they they had always been taught that justification was just as if I never sinned, Mm -hmm. Um, only forgiveness, which it's not because if you're only forgiven, then you have zero. Yeah. How can God declare you righteous when you have nothing? That's so good. That took me so long to understand that it's not our bank accounts aren't put at zero, but we are now seeing with righteousness. And I, it's, you wonder, it's like, why did that take so long to click? But it's because it was the Holy Spirit allowing me to understand anyways. (laughs) The fact that we're, go ahead. And and there are are some who have not liked this doctrine. And so we could get into that if you wanted to, but they've not, they've not liked it. So they've said it's only forgiveness Mm -hmm. and that it's not the positive law keeping of Christ. Some people have kind of a, an allergy to the word law. I don't know why. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so we don't have a category for it. We think law is mosaic law, old Testament only, and it's simply not true. So to make a long story short, my wife, Molly and I were going to to dinner with a couple of friends. um, And so before we sat down, we were getting ready to sit down and uh, a good friend said to me, uh, she said, um, so what's all this controversy about anyway? You know, what's going on? Why are people upset about imputed righteousness and Christ, the law keeper? And I said, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute, let's order our food first, but let me tell it to you in a few words. Jesus is better. Mm-hmm. She's like, what do you mean? I said, he's better than we even realized. He doesn't make us zeros. He, he doesn't only forgive us though we need to be forgiven. He positively provides what God requires. And so we can have absolute assurance of salvation. And then she's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was a great savior before. <laughs> yeah. Better than we even realized. Yeah. So practical Christian thinking, understanding of the gospel it's amazing. We are forgiven and we're credited with his righteousness. We have a true, robust, firm foundation for assurance. And it's not at the end of our Christian life if we've done enough. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. So good. Yeah. And that goes back to, I think you paraphrased earlier, one of my favorite quotes by J.I. Packer, when he said, you know, we have the peace of God because first we are at peace with God. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the idea. And I know we kind of touched about it in our, touched on it in our last episode where um, just that our sin does not allow us to be in relationship with God because of God's holiness. But when God declares us righteous, we are then able to have a relationship with him. We are able to um, receive the Holy spirit and to grow in grace and knowledge and sanctification. Like we'll get into later. Um, And just, just all that justification implies Mm -hmm. in that short little sweet quote is just so cool. I like it. That's really, really good. Super. And I think I just referenced Romans 8, 1. Sometimes I get confused. Oh. I, I'm getting old, but <laughs> Romans 5, 1, Romans 8, 1. But when it comes to assurance, the Apostle Paul in Romans 8, 1, he's taking a future, he's looking at future judgment because we'll stand before God one day. But because we're in Christ now, he can say there is therefore now no condemnation. 
that it almost seems like that's ridiculous. He can't say that. How does, how does he know? Well, there is therefore now no condemnation because we're in Christ now. Yeah. So I know what's going to happen on judgment day. It's already been determined because I'm united to Christ. Mm-hmm. So assurance, 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 assurance. Yeah. Um, some people don't want us to have assurance. And so they really don't like this doctrine. Um, but we, we, we should have assurance at the beginning of our Christian experience. So that's important. And then maybe the other thing, Presley, when you talked about uh, practical Christian living, mm-hmm. there is that. So I, I'm motivated. I'm safe. You know, my house is the foundation of my house is built. The structure is safe. Even if there's a big storm storm tonight. And I can decorate the house, but you don't decorate the house until the house is safe. I can, I can, I can build upon it, but I'm building upon it from a place of safety. Mm-hmm. So now I'm living my life as a Christian uh, with a lot more boldness and confidence because I'm not afraid of condemnation. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Maybe one other thing, and then you can ask me whatever you'd like. But in <laughs> Romans 5, 12 and following, there's so much about justification But what's interesting is in Romans 5, 1 to 11, he really emphasizes the fact that we suffer in this life and we Mm -hmm. have difficulties in this life. But really, his point is our biggest problem has been solved, our problem with God. Mm -hmm. And so we can face anything uh, that happens because our big problems taken care of. So I really like to emphasize justification with people to even promote their sanctification. Mm -hmm. to promote their uh, level-headedness, so to speak, no matter what happens in life. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just so much peace from coming from that understanding. Yes. It's it's awesome. So anybody who says there's two, two, two stages of justification, there's initial justification and final justification by your works and all that sort of thing, I, I think they need to go back and read more church history uh, and stop sounding like they're Roman Catholic if they're pres- uh, if they're um, Protestant. <laughs> Romans eight one, um, it, it's, it, but it's really promoted a lot, and it's it's unfortunate. So let's let's um, let's do all we can to help people understand uh, that security happens at the beginning, and it's important how you live your Christian life. But mm-hmm. let's remember that Romans six happens after Romans one to five, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sanctification emphasis happens after, or maybe this is helpful. If no one is accusing us of being antinomian, anti-law, you can do whatever you want to do. If no one's accusing us of that, we probably haven't been clear on justification by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ alone, because Paul anticipates the objection in Romans Mm -hmm. 6. So if nobody's saying, hey, Grace, hey, Presley, it sounds to me like you're promoting easy believism. It sounds to me like you're promoting, um, you know, antinomianism and people can just live however they want to live. Are you doing that? You'll say, no, I know means. I know means. You'll say, by no means, but at least I've been clear that God justifies the ungodly, Romans 4, 5. Mm -hmm. I'm promoting God's sovereignty. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it was Martin Luther who said, if people aren't accusing you of that, then you have not been clear. Hmm. That's good. Interesting. Which I think is helpful. Yeah. 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 That's good. All right. Any other questions? I think that's all we had for this time. Emphasis on this time. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I like your emphasis on that syllable. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Pat, thank you again so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure and I have learned so much. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yes. And thanks for being our pastor. So if anyone (laughs) is ever in the Omaha area or visits the Omaha area, I know a couple of people we've connected with are moving to the Omaha area. Omaha Bible might be a great fit for you. So hope to see you there. Thank you so much, ladies. It's been an honor. Notice I corrected my vocabulary so as to not trigger anyone. (laughs) It has been an honor uh, and a privilege uh, to be with you. Thank you so much. So thankful for what you ladies are doing. Thank you. Thanks, Pat.